0: Isn't it a wonderful thing to be able to just sing and stand and declare how good God is? How faithful He is, how He never fails, He never quits, He never gives up, He never... He's just good. He's really, 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 really good. And I I want to uh, start by uh, just kind of some transparency. Um, I guess like two weeks ago I went to the doctor and... uh, um, I was concerned about some stuff, and I'm, a, I'm sometimes, like, when it comes to me, other people, like, I, it's really easy for me to be like, oh, yeah, you're fine, everything's good. So, but for me, I always tend to freak out, right? Like, I always think the worst, and I read WebMD, which makes it really, really bad. If you've ever read WebMD, it's like, my toe hurts, and all of a sudden, like, I'm thinking, you know, everything's wrong. Um, that could be possible. So, um, Anyways, yeah, I, uh, anyways, two weeks ago, I went to the doctor, and he said, hey, um, uh, let's uh, let's get you checked out, um, blah, 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 there's, you know, he used the word concern, and even if it wasn't a big deal, he said concerned and then they wanted to do some tests and look in my body, and... Um, so, I freaked out, right? Like, I mean, over the last two weeks, I've had this crazy two weeks of, and this isn't just some story, this is like real life. This is, and my wife, could, she could she could tell you, like, I'm a hypochondriac about myself. I'm like, oh my God, oh, you know. Um, but anyways, on the real, like, for two weeks, my mind, uh, it's just been kind of cloudy, and I haven't really been able to focus on really anything else, like, even... Um, I'm taking classes at Liberty University right now, and my—I mean, even focusing on schoolwork or, 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 you know, Sunday morning sermons. Everything has just kind of been this cloud because in my mind I'm like, God, what if? Like, like, oh my God, what if? You know, what if it's this? What if it's that? What if it, you know, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And um, so, anyways, I went to the doctor for the second time this past week, and they were looking all inside my body and stuff. And um, and the lady—I I mean the lady said this, and it was, it was kind of cool, she was like, listen, I, I just want to let you know, she said, uh, everything's pretty normal, everything looks pretty normal, and <laughs> so in that moment, like, I, it was a good freak out in my mind, right, but I'm still kind of a hypochondriac, so I'm like, she was like, I'm not really a doctor, so you need to wait on your doctor to give you the official word, but from the way it looks, I'm just saying, I don't really see anything abnormal, so... In my mind, in my heart, I was just like, oh, God, thank you. But then my hypochondriac side was like, oh, he's going to tell me something bad, you know. Um, so anyways, I find that out tomorrow. But the Lord taught me something very, very, very significant about myself over the last two weeks. And I just kind of want to share that with you. And um, number one, I, I realize I am a pansy when I get sick or when I think I'm sick. And uh, I'm pretty, pretty worthless and helpless, all right. Um, but... This thing that I thought the whole time, like this relief that when... when, when I mean, she, she had this look on her face when she was looking at the screen. She was like, ah, you know this... And I freaked out in my mind. I'm like, oh God, yeah. She was like... She kind of gives this look. She was like, I, I don't really... I'm not seeing anything. And man, just this flush of relief went over my body. And it was, it was almost in that moment it, 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 as if I thought... TJ, if your hope is in Christ if He is your everything, then why didn't you feel that way before she said it's normal? Because if you have Christ, if, if He's the hope of the world, if, he, if He's all that you need, if He's the centerpiece of your affections, then isn't all this stuff just kind of temporary and trivial anyways? Isn't this planet just kind of dust and rust and it's going to all go away? So I was challenged and convicted in my... I wrote a song about Eight years ago. And it said. If you'd never done another single thing but save me. Saving me would be enough. Period. And, and I wrote that song. Contemplating the cross. And I'm, I'm just letting you guys in this morning. I'm not. This ain't formal whatever. I don't care. And, and this week my wife lovingly and gracefully. As she is. She's so sweet to me. And um, she said. She said and she brought that song up she said if she she sent me a picture of this little sticky note that she had wrote and she said do you remember you wrote this if he had never done another single thing but save me saving me would be enough and it reminded me of the cross it reminded me of the gospel it reminded me of the thing that my eyes and my heart should be focused on and 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 just Fixated on and absorbed by and consumed by the gospel, the gloriousness of Christ, what he did on the cross. So I want to translate that into a Sunday morning sermon. If he'd never done another single thing, if he would have stopped at the cross, if that would have been it, the cross and the resurrection, if, if if Jesus would have died for my sins, then raised from the grave, and he never blessed me, he never gave me health, he never gave me a beautiful wife that is far more than I could ever possibly deserve. If he would have never done any of those things, he would still be worthy, he would still be great. And He would still deserve our worship. So this morning what I want to talk about is Ephesians chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, go there with me. Because I think in, in moments of facing adversity or facing trial or facing craziness... I think sometimes our eyes get so fixed on the problem or so fixed on the issue or fixed on the sickness or fixed on the turmoil or fixed on the darkness that we forget that Christ is chief and supreme and, and, and really can deliver and heal and save. So this is the verse that, that has been stirring in me and, and I want us to just go there together and we'll, we'll go after it. Ephesians 6 verse 10. Finally be strengthened. This is... Paul writing. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by His vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the tactics of the devil. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the world, against the world powers of this, against the world's. Powers of this darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. This is why you must take up the full armor of God, so that you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having prepared everything, or considering the version you read, it might see. "Having done all to stand, take your stand," or "Having done everything to stand, stand therefore." And this word, like just thinking about what I what I've been walking through in my own my own feeble breakable mind and heart like this one thing that was so exposed to me over the last 2 weeks is tj you're so breakable like you're so breakable and you're so futile and you're not infinite like god you're not all powerful you're not strong your strength could leave you your health could leave you in an instant all of these things so where is your hope and then i couldn't th- I couldn't get paul's words out of my mind stand like be ready be on guard Because the enemy is going to try to sweep in. Scripture says this, that the enemy will come in like a flood. Like It's going to happen. At some point in all of our lives, the enemy is going to try to afflict us, try to distract us, try to harm us, try to pull us away from the goal of Christ. The scripture says that, and let me just tell you, it's John 10.10. He says, he comes, the thief comes, but to steal, to kill, and destroy like that—that's—that's that's his desire in your life is to steal your joy, to kill your hope, and to destroy you. But I, I want you to hear Romans five one this morning because this is what we can stand in. You say, "Well, TJ, uh, the putting on the full armor of God. How do I stand? How can I stand?" Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down: We stand forgiven. Romans 5, 1, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It was like a court setting, right? Like we have been justified. We stand, you and I stand forgiven. We were at, and I've used this analogy before, but we were in the courtroom. All of our sin and shame was mounted up on, in piles and piles and piles of documents and Jesus came in and declared us forgiven. He took the penalty and the punishment for our sin, declared us forgiven. So today you say, well, TJ, what, how can I stand? You don't understand what I'm, what I'm going through. You don't understand what's afflicting me. You don't understand what, what's going on inside my body. Or you don't understand what's going on inside my mind. You don't understand what's going on inside my family. TJ, how do I stand? Number one, you can stand forgiven. And listen, if we stop there, for real, wouldn't that be enough? Like, like we're consumers in America, so we want, want, want. But think about it. When you think of eternal damnation and separation from God, if God had stopped at forgiveness, wouldn't that be enough? If He would have sent His only Son into the world, drawn you by the power of His grace and His Holy Spirit, and redeemed our brokenness, cleaned us and forgiven us, wouldn't that have been enough? The enemy wants us to be consumed with our sin, though. And, and I, I want you to feel this tension because I felt this when I was writing this over the last two weeks. I mean, it's kind of one of my things. I tell all my friends when they focus on the negative, I'm like, you're focusing on the negative. You're focusing... Like, two weeks, I've been focusing on the negative. Like, I'm just... I'm being transparent. I mean, I have one of, He's on a men's retreat. I'm glad he's not here because he'd be grinning like a donkey eating briars. And... Because he looked at me this week. He's like, hey, man. He said, hey, you're, you're supposed to be the one encouraging me. What you doing? I mean, I was. I was just complaining. I was like, man, what if this is wrong? What if this is wrong? He's like, hey, bro, whoa. You got Jesus, man. But this is what the enemy tries to do. And he, he tries to steal our joy. He tries to kill our joy. He tries to rob us of our hope. And he, has to, he tries to destroy our faith in the process. He tries to take our eyes and get it off of Jesus and onto our circumstance. And listen to this. It might even be off of Jesus and on our sin. The enemy wants us so consumed with our sin or the battle against our sin or our sickness or our pain that we can't focus on what God has called us to do. When we start focusing on our sin, when we focus on our rebellion, when we focus on our shortcomings, one of two things happen. I want you to hear this this morning. Because if we stand in forgiveness, you don't have to be beat up with the shame of your past or your current sin. And you say, well... How do you flesh that out? I want you to hear this. The last thing that the enemy wants for the sons and daughters of God is that they stand in the grace that God has provided through Christ. Meaning this, He wants us so fixated on our sin or our problem or our sickness that we forget that Jesus has already overcome all of our sin, all of our sickness, and all of our affliction. So so see... Not even sickness, let's transition to sin sometimes. Because isn't it easy, like if you're battling one sin or you're caught up in one sin, isn't it so easy to get so focused on that one sin that you, you like? when you finally defeat it or feel like you've beaten it, you feel pretty good about yourself? But, but if, that, if that one sin just keeps on kind of like knocking you down, you feel shameful and you feel broken and you can't ever kind of get past that, that's why the objective this morning when we stand forgiveness is for our eyes and our minds and our hearts to be locked on Jesus Christ because He'll do the refining. You hear me this morning? If you're standing in the forgiveness of God, you don't have to be fixated on your sin or on your brokenness or on your sickness. You can, be, you can turn your eyes towards Jesus and as you focus on Him and as you focus on the cross, all these things, Scripture says, will be worked out with fear and trembling. He will sanctify us by the power of spirit. So let me, let me, oh man, the enemy wants us to be so beat down over our sickness or sin or our shame. He wants us so beat down. But listen, when when I was writing these notes, there's only one picture that I could get. Anybody ever seen Dirty Dancing? I'm not even sure if I should say that from the (laughs) platform, right? Anybody ever seen Dirty Dancing? Like all of you that have seen it and you won't raise your hand because you're embarrassed. Um, There's this one part in Dirty Dancing where, where baby's sitting in a corner. Anybody? Even if you hadn't seen the movie. And Patrick Swayze, as suave as he is, he walks up and he says, hey, nobody puts a baby in a corner, right? (laughs) Like, when I was writing this piece of the sermon, when I was putting this together in my mind, like, I kind of feel, I feel like that's what God's done for us. Like, our sin and our brokenness... And even our sickness or the shame we feel for fighting against our sin and, and not being able to overcome certain things, I feel like the enemy just kind of tries to push us to this dark corner of our faith. And yeah, we're believers. Yeah, we're saved. Yeah, we, we know how to dance. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we, we know these things and we have a heart for God, but we've been pushed to this corner of obscurity and we're sitting down defeated. And God just kind of walks up and like, hey, nobody puts baby in a corner. Maybe. Like God's done that for all of us. It is if we choose to receive and see, okay, God, you, you're standing over me, calling me out of this darkness. Will I fix my eyes on you and forget everything else? The key to standing in forgiveness, in the forgiveness of God, is keeping our eyes locked on Jesus and the work he did on the cross. Listen, I just want to read these points. If we stare at our sin and God produces victory over it, it's easy for us to develop pride. To develop pride. That's how people become self-righteous because they fixate their eyes on some sin and they're, ooh, I got victory, so look what I've done. But at the flip of the coin, if we stare at our sin and we we are continually vexed by it, then we walk in shame and and condemnation. And I'm not saying ignore your sin. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying just ignore it and act like it isn't there. But what I'm saying is, is be so focused on Christ that when He overcome these things, it's just fruit from you being fixated on Him. It's just fruit from you being so locked in on Christ that He's dissolving these things and He's growing you. Number two, not only do we stand forgiven this morning, stand justified, able to to leave the darkness of the corner and follow after Christ, but we stand empowered and filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke 10 19 says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. I love that. I love how when Jesus was talking, he, he talked so far beyond the temporary. And you think, well, TJ, there is going to come a day that I'm going to die, right? I'm going to kick the bucket eventually. I mean, this life is going Yeah, but nothing will harm you. Everlasting joy and peace and satisfaction in Christ Jesus and him alone. Sometimes I think, though, that we, we, it is easy to stand forgiven and God could have, sometimes it's difficult to stand forgiven and God could have stopped there. But not, not only did he forgive us and allow us to stand up forgiven, he empowered us by the grace of the Holy Spirit. And listen to this, sometimes we're not familiar with the Holy Spirit, so we're just kind of like, mm, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, you know. I mean, I've even heard some other people in this church talk about me or this service as a snake handling service or the, you know, blah, blah, blah and all these other things. Um, and I uh, actually love the guy and he loves me. He was a joke. But, I mean, the thing is, like when we talk about the Holy Spirit, sometimes it's very uncomfortable because we have two perceived notions of the Holy Spirit in our culture. It's like either it's, it's way over here, unbiblical and, un, you know, just, just craziness going on, or we have shut him off and not allowed him to do anything but but I'm telling you we have access to the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us to work and do through us the will of the Father. So not only do you have the power to stand forgiven, you have the power to stand empowered by the Holy Spirit. So if you're not familiar with him, get to know him. It's called a prayer closet. Number 2. Sometimes we're scared to death of it. And we think, man, if I if I turn my life over to the Holy Spirit, what if he and what if, you know, I mean, you've read the book of Acts, right? You know what I'm saying? Like We are. Sometimes we're like, oh, if I, if I open myself up to the Holy Spirit, like really allow, like He's living in me, allow Him to work through me. What does that mean for me? And then the, the, there's a third category that doesn't allow us to stand in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's just because some of us just refuse to believe it. I, I was in that camp. I lived in that camp for a little while. I was raised in a Pentecostal church and I I saw so much fake, and I saw a lot of real, but I saw so much fake that I was just like, you know what, I'm done, man. I put the wall up. And then God gracefully ran a bulldozer through it. Because nothing that we do for God can be done without the power of the Holy Spirit doing it on His behalf through us. So don't be confused. It is the Holy Spirit living in us and working through us that allows us to stand. If you're standing today, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, if you've been converted by the power of God, it was the Holy Spirit that did the work in you. He did it. And now He resides in you and still desires to live and work through you. Just so you know that I'm not just making stuff up, 1 Corinthians 3.16 Don't you yourselves know that you're God's sanctuary and that the Spirit of God lives in you? Romans 8 9. You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Since the Spirit of God lives in you, you can't get away from it. His Spirit is living in us. Are we going to allow His Spirit to work through us? Last but not least, I'm going to read this. Um, We stand forgiven. We stand empowered by the Holy Spirit. That means that anything that comes against us, anything that we walk through, we have hope and power to overcome it because the Holy Spirit's doing the work and not us. Like the pressure's off, right? So we stand forgiven, we stand empowered by the Holy Spirit. Number three, we stand in victory because Christ has overcome the world. Revelation says that it says this in the book of Revelation that they were made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of their testimony. They were made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Listen today, right now, in this moment, Christ has overcome. He, he's overcome that sin that you're struggling with, that sickness that that might be freaking you out and having you up reading WebMD at four o'clock in the morning, can't sleep. Like He's overcome that sickness. That, that personal relationship that you can't get, get reconciled and you, you, you can't figure it out, and, and it's really hard to wrestle through and navigate, he's overcome that situation. Like, listen, if we really believed that as a church and as brothers and sisters in Christ, as believers, if we believed that he had overcome the world, we would turn our eyes away from everything else and make him the centerpiece. And as we looked to him as the centerpiece of our affection, we would be able to stand forgiven, we'd be able to stand empowered, and we would be able to stand because we know that, hey, he's mine and I'm his and he's overcome the world. There's nothing that can tear me from his love. Nothing that can can overcome me, nothing that can tear me down, nothing that can rip me from the hand of God because he has overcome the world and I am his. Aren't you glad today? Let's pray together. God this morning we're we're desperate God it is so apparent and real how breakable we are and God in an instant things change become uncertain or in an instant sin grips us and we have to grapple with it God but this morning I pray that you remind us of Romans 5 one that We've been justified through faith. So we can stand forgiven. And God, that though the enemy desires to steal from us and kill from us and destroy, Lord, you've given us life and life to the full. And, And not only can we stand forgiven with full, full life, God, Lord, we can stand empowered by your Holy Spirit. You said that you had to go away. You had to suffer the crucifixion and go through the resurrection so the Holy Spirit could come to us, be our comforter and our counselor. So, God, not only do we stand forgiven today, but we stand empowered through the power of your Holy Spirit living in us. And last but not least, God, let us together stand, God, just courageous, knowing that the God and King that we're following has overcome the world. Everything we could face, you faced it. Everything we could feel, you felt it, and you overcame it. So, Lord, let our hope not rest in our own own plans or ourself, or our opinions. But this morning as we as we respond in a song of worship, let our let our hearts rest in you. Because you are good, God. You're awesome. We love you in Jesus' name.